intro to this podcast. It's been oh, six. God, it's no. been six months. I believe it was, it was six months. Yeah, the last one we did was in like July or something. Shit. Yeah, it's been a. It's been a. It's been a. It's been a bit. Um, yeah. Welcome to Dream Buddies, a podcast yeah. about dreams, following them, and the future vanguards of American fascism. I think that's pretty close to what it was. It's, yeah, it's, pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty close. I would need to go back and listen to them, but I'd be listening to a six-month-old podcast of me talking about things I was going to do that I didn't get around to. <laughs> so. Oh, God, no. It's been... it's been uh, the, the, the lack of dream accomplishment has been depressing. Um, yeah, so I guess that's how we usually started. How are your, how are your dreams going? Not great, man. Not, not great. Yeah. Um, how has your six months been? Has it been good uh, lots of lots of developments um covid's over so that's great <laughs> yeah i'd notice that I'd, I'd notice that oh geez it's bad um how are you how are you doing with that because like everyone else i know in the uk is just like got it yes so because i work in a hospital technically i've had my booster and i've had it for quite a while however mm. I know people who have had their booster who have been who have been sick anyway. So yeah, there's a bit of that. In theory, I'm going back to Ireland next week, mm. and I'm going to ask my family if they're happy for that to still be a plan. Because last year I did not go for the the reason of it seeming unsafe, oh, yeah. and it's starting to become unsafe again. Um, yeah, no, we're we're uh, we're organizing a friends miss possibly specifically for our friends here who are british and are not yeah, no longer not, going back not going back yeah i can i can imagine the prospect of coming to the uk seems nuts especially if any there's any internal travel that you have to do once you're here it's um i think for my friends they put it as like they don't want Chances are that what would happen is they would have to quarantine for two weeks there, which they can't really afford to do. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, um, that's true. Because their plans were to like maybe be gone for five days, you know. So that's kind of yeah. And realistically, if they're coming from Germany, they could get here and then Germany announced that you're not allowed back in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 quite likely that Germany is going to be facing what the UK is facing, like next month or in two months time yeah um yeah but uh i don't want to think about that <laughs> um in terms of dreams let's yeah see. yeah how are your um, how are your dreams have you gotten any drawing done in the last six months that's my question okay so yes technically <laughs> um technically correct the best form of technically correct, correct. So I'm I'm getting back into uh, the idea of drawing every day, um, which nice. I need to do. Um, I I have my little I have these little Muji passport notebooks mm. that I'm just going to like doodle in and do proper like sketch studies of just like these four pages are going to be nothing but like heads, yeah, and whatever kind of just takes my fancy, drawing from reference. Um, I think the next the next thing I'm going to do with these next four pages of my little sketchbook are street lamps because I'm kind of just like fascinated with different types of street lamps. Nice. Um, yeah, I think the final boss of those street lamps are the ones you get in like uh, uh, Southside City, Dublin. Mm. Um, the fucking ridiculously spiral ornate ones. There's yeah. like ostentatious yeah. street lamps. Yes, I, yeah, I like yeah, those. Yeah. They're very pretty, but also I just would like. 
I guess they were kind of mass manufactured to an extent because, like, I don't know, you just go, you approach a welder or whatever at a certain point, and he's just like, ah, fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) If he he saw the drawing of that, he's like, ah, no, come on. Yeah, I think with the street lamps, like, especially in somewhere, yeah, like the bits of South Dublin where there's like rows and rows of them and they're all relatively identical, I assume there was a mold. Was it cast? Yeah. Yeah, like it was cast, yeah, yeah. yeah, as opposed to someone hand making all of them. Though, on the other hand, Stupider things have happened. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, the other thing is today was my last day of work. Mm-hmm. Um, so this 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 desk I'm sitting on is usually where I have my laptop. And in preparation for drawing more, I have gotten rid of my old monitor, um, like my second screen Ooh. that I would use for work. Yeah, and I have set up with a laptop stand, a nice sturdy metal laptop stand, nice. uh, my drawing tablet to act as my second monitor. Very so good. Now, yeah, yeah. Theoretically, I just need to swap out my work my work laptop for my personal laptop and I can draw. Um, That's good. Yeah, I like that. Which is what I have done now for the next, you know, uh, and this is going to stay this way for the next two weeks and I'm only going to use my work laptop for maybe like watching some Netflix in bed or something with the missus. That's great. Um, That's... Yeah. Um, other than that, I think in broad strokes, any kind of plans I have for comics, I just need to reduce in scope. Yeah. Massively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I need to kind of like figure that out. I think I have an idea for just like a vehicle to tell jokes. Mm. Um, very, very. Um, very inspired by what's his name? I think it's like Wonky Tuesday or something like that. Is is there's this the shit posting Twitter account that <laughs> like just uploads comics he does oh, nice. that are very funny. Um that might be good. I, I'm <laughs> yeah, not I'm not familiar with this. I might have to look it up. Yeah, I, I can probably find you the link to it because I, I really do enjoy his stuff. I've probably like favorited it a couple of times. Um I've been reading a lot more comics. Um, I basically made the rule that like reading is for nonfiction and <laughs> comics are for fiction. That's okay, just... yeah. Like if you want to read more comics, that's probably an easy way to do that. Because otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Like a novel would eat up a lot of comics worth of time. Absolutely, and then um, catching up with X Men, which we can talk about later. But um, I think you'll find it's pronounced X Men. Um, <laughs> John X Men. Yeah, they changed it to Ellis Island. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the goddamn, what was I to say? Yeah, and that's just kind of like uh, planning, getting back into it. I've been watching a lot of interviews with cartoonists and stuff. Uh, um, it's like watching an interview with a guy who's just like. Yeah, I've been drawing for 20 years. I do comics. I've won an Eisner Award. I'm developing arthritis in my right hand. I'm like, yeah. I want to be him so bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want arthritis in my right hand. Um, yeah, that's like a real, um, that's a real like war war wound kind of thing. It would just be like, yeah. oh man, you're so cool. And they're like, oh, I can't, my hand twitches. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's um Another like sobering thing is just like how there is no money in this, um, yeah, in this industry. It's yeah, a huge, huge problem. That is a huge problem. I think it's a huge problem in 
a lot of creative industries because oh absolutely i i guess like the there is was it was it trash future or someone had someone the guy the nib guy on it recently yeah yeah uh matt lachamsky they're 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 buddies yeah and i think yeah the what he was saying on that, which is a you know, podcast referencing another podcast, silly. That happens all the time. Well, oh, it's, but it's still silly. The um, <laughs> I think he made it like the point of being like, you know, people are noticing now that everything gets ad- like atomized, and that was something that happened to com- comics really early, like it pre- early internet stage. Yeah, um, that was them on um, ten thousand posts. Oh, sorry, that's what I was. Talking yeah, about. that's yeah, what yeah, I, yeah. I meant. Yeah, so like monetization in um uh in all fields is difficult and comics has just like gotten really used to that but that doesn't mean it's not a problem for everything else because it is yeah like um like i've been noticing the same thing with games lately i've been like there was i was listening to um tim schaefer the founder of double find talking mm. talking talking to jack black um because they would basically do a charity thing jack black was one of the voices in the new psychonauts game and they were kind of reminiscing about other games they'd done together uh, at one point, Tim What's Schafer, that metal one they did? Um, Brutal Legend. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, Go on. Yeah, so okay. basically what they, what they were saying about that was what at one point Tim Schafer was just like, and if anyone wants to play Brutal Legend, it's on Game Pass, so it's basically free now. And you're like, oh yeah, because they, like, they got bought by Microsoft and Microsoft just licensed stuff for Game Pass and like, it's like six dollars a month or something and you just get like this giant library of games and that is just a pretty good deal and it's not necessarily long-term good for a lot of the people on it because like so i'm playing sable at the moment which like i could see spending like 20 hours playing it easily i'm like it's on it's on game pass so if i happen to have game pass anyway they would get i would not buy their 20 dollar game they're not going to get twenty dollars from me for me playing it on Game Pass because I don't have it. So, um, and even if I did, I, like even though I did have it, it's not that much money. Like as in, I would spend, I wouldn't spend more than a month playing it. So they're not at most they'd get the full amount from me. So it wouldn't be the same as me buying the game. I appreciate it's good for mm. like discoverability, yeah. But for like a non Microsoft owned studio, it's not necessarily like a good long term system for the way that for things to work that way. Um, no, and but like I mean, that podcast I remember listening to it as well. That was like simultaneously listening to that while watching these interviews with people who are like, "I've I've ruined my hands, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. for like a stable middle class existence." Uh, um, it's it's very it's very interesting because like he, Matt Lipchansky makes a very good point that like comics were kind of like the first people to basically bootstrap their own Patreon, like they mm. they were they'd kind of come up with their version first and they describe it as like the canary in the coal mine for a lot of industries. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is super interesting. But like that game pass stuff basically just sounds like what like Netflix did to TV and movies to a certain extent of just like how people expect to interact with media. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because think... like one of the things that we did with video games recently in, in this household is we started playing, uh, we started paying for like Nvidia, uh, what was it, Nvidia Shield Go or something like that. I can't remember the exact uh, term. But I think yeah, their cloud service. I forget the name of it. Yeah, that's pretty handy because yeah. allows me to uh, buy and play games without sinking stupid amounts of money into a, a, 
a gaming ready PC or whatever. Yeah, I think the thing is, the thing about that is that solves, and I guess this is true to Netflix, like of Netflix to a certain extent, is that it solves a logistical problem that people had, which was it's difficult for me to obtain the hardware hardware to play this. And in the case of Netflix, it's difficult for me to pay for expensive cable if I don't want 99% of the stuff on it and I want to watch yeah. like a film every now and then. <laughs> and I'm happy you could to also pay- argue that like the, the, the like the reason one of the reasons Netflix stopped piracy as well because piracy also had that like yeah time investment and also storage like you like I remember the heyday of piracy you just have like these terabytes of like yeah 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 but the funny thing is that's like that's kind of that's flipped to an extent like it's now just a convenience thing because the same reason Netflix is able to run their service means that data storage is now incredibly cheap if you actually want to buy a hard, like buying a scale? hard drive is like comically cheap compared to what it used to be which is not, not the case anymore oh yeah, 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 yeah um like you could easily buy a hard, you could easily purchase yourself a hard drive um that could keep all web comics ever made on <laughs> think about that <laughs> um oh yeah, the scale of these things is ridiculous i remember when i bought that like um usb uh, there was a USB Game Boy cartridge that I had to buy when I was making music off my Game Boy. And yeah. the whole idea... Of, yeah, so you could, like, load uh, games onto this cartridge. Mm. Um, you load ROMs onto it. And it's just like... I can't remember. It was like... Uh, I think it was like 16 gigabytes right. uh, of storage. Yeah. Which is not huge. No. Like, it was like a big SD card, effectively. Yeah. And it's just like this no god no it was even fucking less it was like 256 or something like megabytes yeah um, it was something ridiculous and then there was like that's enough storage space to store every game boy game ever made yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah because yeah. they make that game boy cartridge like that pirate game boy cartridge now it just takes sd cards that is just like mm. you could just you could you can actually load every game or game that was released onto it and then have a game boy yeah. that just You'd never change the cartridge, just one cartridge. <laughs> yeah, you just had to do something where you like switched it on and off really quick to get the like load uh, the, the the load up screen. Load up to notice it, yeah. Right. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that's um that's cool. That sounds like a good a good project to have that I think that's probably the way to go in terms of basically so in theory we've been doing this podcast about a year. And I yeah, appreciate we didn't do it for about six months. <laughs> but <laughs> Um, I think based on the trend of uh, how your work's been going, I think finding something that's like a scaled down vehicle to tell jokes is probably the way to go with mm. feeling like you're actually like producing stuff as opposed to, you know, stuff that feels too big to actually get a start on. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of that and to try and do simple stories is, I think, the way to go. Yeah. Um, so. Other thing that I was looking at was um, making tabletop RPGs. Yeah, that's not a saturated <laughs> yeah. market at all. No, no, it's not. Shush, shush! Don't ruin the dream. <laughs> but like for Cornish Media, I did make. Um, we have the Cyberpunk game going now. Yeah. Episode two came out today. Um. And I have modded the original Cyberpunk to the extent of just like, this is a whole new system. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm I'm just going to actually just like 
make some illustrations for it, which would be a nice way to practice drawing, and then release that as a PDF for that's people. A, yeah, that's a good shape. Yeah, I think you should do that. Yeah. Um, that's a really good I think I'll, I'll, I'll give it out to the, to the patrons first. Um because I changed one of the I changed one of the class names to uh, in in the original Cyberpunk twenty twenty it's like Rocker Boy. Mm. I changed that to SoundCloud rapper. Yeah, that's, um, that's more realistic. It um. is more realistic, but also at the same time, I have learned from people who work at SoundCloud that SoundCloud are a bit litigious when it comes to the use of SoundCloud rapper by um, uh, uh, by entities. So I guess to yeah. be fair, it is like it does have. It's not like you know, a part of their, their, the concept. It's, it's like their actual brand name. It's just in the, <laughs> in the thing. I mean, it's a very interesting, so like one of the, the this is kind of, uh, um, on the ground Berlin shit. Mm. Um, that I think people who maybe like are in this industry would know in, in general, or you just like find this out from being in Berlin for long enough, which is the people who own SoundCloud have like a really weird psychosis, but the fact that they're very insistent that the platform should just be like techno sets and remixes and are very rigid when it comes to like um adapting to what they've actually become Mm. um because like they seem embarrassed by soundcloud rapper when i think most people who actually work in the company or think highly of soundcloud or like no you like shaped culture <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. you should kind of like champion there's no such thing as a spotify rapper no. like, that's yeah, like yeah <laughs> exactly that's the pe- people meet like people obviously say it as a joke but then there's also like the reason it's the reason it's funny is because there's like a sufficient number of sound popular soundcloud rappers yes exactly <laughs> so people, that, like, people joking being like oh there's so many good g- soundcloud rappers out there um and then, like, at the same time, I think anyone who's a respect- respected music journalist or, like, rap critic or something would, could not, would have to admit that people like Tentacion like, completely changed the genre. So they're like... Yeah, see, yeah. This, see this is something I, like, know nothing about, but I'm aware of it conceptually. as like, yeah. And, like, know, like, rough little bits here and there. And... I think that just wouldn't be the case if it wasn't actually a thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's the, that's the reason people people joking being like, and here's my SoundCloud, is funny because it's <laughs> it's such a thing that you can be yeah. like, oh, and I do this. It's like people being like, oh, here's like my Etsy store or something. It's, it'd be like an equivalent. And you'd be like, well, yeah, that's, yeah. that's plausible that you would have that because so many people have successful Etsy stores. Exactly. Yeah. I don't vaguely know about things that aren't real. I think is the yeah, exactly. Stuff hasn't made its way to me if it's like just just the joke layer, and that's the yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. I feel like that stuff kind of doesn't cut through well enough because people don't get the joke because it's it's too it, yeah. it's too niche. If there's no rea- if there's no reality, it has to be it. based on something real. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's 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 been that's been my dreams more or less. I can expand on it a bit later. How have your dreams been doing? Um, yeah, so it's been a rough time. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I've basically finished my PhD now, as of like the last couple of weeks, which is very good. Um, but that has eaten up all of my time effectively because um, 
I took I spent a lot I I spent a while realizing that I needed a job <laughs> to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll happen. Yeah, when I when I reconsidered the se- the sense the sensible original my original plan was to just stay working at my lab as a postdoctoral researcher, and then the closer that came to reality, I was like, this is a terrible idea. I actually don't think that's I don't think I'd enjoy it. It pays really badly. Um, it's not a good career move, even if I want to stay in academia to just stay in the same lab, but I, I don't want to go get another academic job that pays badly for like a mystery employer that might be awful. Um, mm. because if I'm going to go bother finding a job, I may as well not find like a chronically underpaid job. Um, so that ate up like most of my time for a while. And then eventually I found a job after much stress. But then that set a deadline at which I had to be finished to start my job. So then it suddenly became a rush to get things done. But in theory it's all written, it's all done. I just need to like get a final sign off and submit it, which is great. But it, it has meant all of my game making plans have taken a very sudden backseat. And by sudden yeah. I mean the last like few months. And part of that was so we were making I um previously when I was talking to you, we were making this boat game. Yes. Which originally was like something I'd I'd come up with and I had a story out like a rough story outline for. Um and then we started making it. We were making it for it didn't feel that long, but I it got it got round to like the year anniversary of us starting working on it. Um mm. probably around the summer. And at that point yeah, around or yeah, like around like June, July. Probably around the time we last recorded one of these. And we had a chat and kind of decided it was the progress on it was quite slow and it was a combination of like neither of us neither of the people working on it having enough time to really sink into it but mm. also it had a bit of cro- uh, scope creep which was basically like because yeah. we didn't have a detailed enough like story outline we did a lot of like work building tech that we would then get to a state where it was basically finished and then once we started laying out story bits around it we were like actually this doesn't work we need to go back and like lob that out um so like for in- as an example originally you could walk around the boat it was like a dinghy but you could get up and walk around i, yeah. spent, I spent a lot of time making like reasonably okay looking like walking animations animations to interact with the things in the boat uh yeah getting the getting the, like the hitbox and stuff all right in the boat so you didn't clip through anything even the models mm. kept changing so there's a lot of like tweaking around that and then eventually we made the decision that you were like, yeah, being able to stand up is actually, there is no utility. I thought it would be useful for like the conversation system, but it's not. It's actually incredibly, makes the conversation system a lot more complicated. <laughs> so then we were like, cool, so you're just not, like, you don't need to get up because you, there can just be like, a, an, like an animation transition between the different action, like different bits. Mm. You don't need to be able to get up and physically walk there. That's, nobody will enjoy doing that. It's not actually fun to do it because... There was no walking speed that was fast enough that was fun that didn't look stupid because nobody right. nobody runs in a dinghy. That's silly. But if you walk, <laughs> it takes too long. Um, so we took that out. And I was like, well, actually, realistically, I spent like like because like, I didn't have as much time as as I'd like to work on this. And there was bits like I hadn't animated something in a while, so I kind of forgotten a lot of the stuff and relearn things. Effectively, mm. I spent like a month of work on that bit realistically getting all the skeletons hooked up skeleton hooked up for the guy and moving around and stuff well yeah this is a complete waste of time and actually the scope of this game has a lot of stuff like that where 
we haven't planned ahead, planned ahead on it enough. So we don't know how long this bit is going to take. So if we do the bit that leads up to that, we then have to we have to start doing it. We there's no way for us to predict how long this is because we haven't done anything of this scope before. So the decision right. the decision was to pause pause work on it. I think probably just stop, like scrap it and start over with something else. Ooh. Um. Yeah. So that might be the whole. But that's it's fine because we learned a new engine. Um. I got better at a lot of stuff that I'm sure I've forgotten in the few months, few months I've not been doing it. Um, but yeah, it was good. So basically, I went up to, to my, my buddy who I, I do it with, um, lives in, um, in Scotland. So I, I, this was month, several months ago when it was totally legitimate to get the train up to Scotland. <laughs> uh, so I got, I got the train up to Scotland. We had a game jam. Uh, we, yeah, we put like a, we like concept demo for something together. So we have a plan, but then immediately I went from that to, I need to continue looking for a job, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I got offered, and then the whole thing, the whole awful cycle happened. So I, I it's been like a really rough couple of months, mm. uh, basically since like October or like yes, mid September through to now was like quite uh, uh, exhausting. But now I'm in theory done, so that's that's great. Um, uh, so yeah, my plan for like effectively once I've handed the thing in is. I might be able to like semi full time for a couple of weeks, just try and get this thing to a a point where it's like just polish maybe on it, all the, get all the mechanics worked out, and then we can mm. just polish, which is much more fun because you're just like making this thing look better as opposed to being like the button doesn't do anything. Why doesn't it do anything? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a really simple game. We have we have basically the concept worked out for it. There's there's Good. no there's no extra layers. Um, it is very much like, can we get this one core mechanic to work? And if so, that's basically it. The rest of it is all like nice to have content on top. It can be released mm. as it is. I have no like expectations of it being like very, very together, but it'd be really nice just to release something, which I think is the main goal now to just do a few small things and release them before we try and even consider going back to, to doing stuff. Cause I think, I think once you've worked on something for a year, on, like on and off even if it's only like a few hours a week it's very difficult to see the the fun left like in it yeah yeah i can get i get that yeah because effectively the conversation system ended up being more and more of the game like the game but the actual mm. game aspect of it other than just moving around and in, in the boat and neither of us are like professional environment artists which you know is a thing that you grow to respect more and more when you try and design an environment that's like not really repetitive. trying to make it. Yeah, just trying to make yeah. it like not really repetitive or dull. And you're like, yeah, this mm. didn't used to be a problem in games where you have wide, empty, open spaces, <laughs> or, or like because you the limitations of whatever hardware you were on meant you couldn't have a lot of trees. Whereas then they're like, once I can have like a few thousand trees, they do all kind of look the same now. <laughs> <laughs> it was less of a problem when there were fewer of them. Now it's yeah. starting to become a problem that those sprites look bad from when they're, when you're up close. Yeah, 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 but you know that's fine. We've uh, we've learned a lot, but it was uh, good. That was quite demoralizing initially, and then once we made that decision, I was like, oh, actually, thank God, that's it was a really good decision to have made. Mm. Uh, I think the uh, cutting and running is the um, is something I advocate strongly for. <laughs> Oh, it's the best. 
Um, I'm trying to think now. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that makes a lot of sense. I'm glad you've you've come up with a system that's uh, or come up with a new uh, a concept that is a bit more manageable. Yeah, so my friend Ellie came up with this concept a while ago, and I was like, "That's an excellent yeah. idea. That's number one on the list." <laughs> but yeah, it was really good to have like a game jam brainstorming session. It was really good because basically we got like a lot of ideas nailed down that are like mm. many of which are like totally plausible smaller smaller ideas whereas i think the boat game sounded very small when i pitched it and then once we started outlining it initially it was like i don't know how long this is this could be yeah this might take an hour to play but it might take three years to make <laughs> and it will not look good at the end of three years <laughs> because there's too much work <laughs> the real uh the real uh real issue with these things yeah. Um, yeah good good times but yeah mainly it's been work work hell has been the main uh main trash fire that i've been doing with. yeah naturally oh naturally um, so i'm trying to think what else related to the dreams have been occurring there was a uh, um, our our uh, plan for the next episode in what was that July was we yes. were, we were going to talk about two things in particular, <laughs> which oh, yeah. I was really hoping would have become not relevant anymore, but are still annoying me. One is yeah. uh, the virtual text has been cancelled. <laughs> sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that that was just like oh this I assume this will either come to something. Or it will not come to something. And what has happened is, they, everyone's just stopped talking about him. He's disappeared. I'm like, okay, but wasn't he a professional? Like, wasn't this his job? I'm confused how this is a... has manifested. He's, a, yeah, he's off the grid. I don't understand. Anyway, but you know, it's kind of... A, so that coincided, like, very like odd, ti- like, bad timing with uh, Nathan Robinson from Current Affairs having, like, a meltdown and firing everyone on his staff. <laughs> yes. And by his staff, I mean... The staff that he didn't actually have the authorization to fire, and then subsequently the uh, yeah. editorial board were like, "You, you're not allowed. To, you're not allowed to do that. You don't actually control this, the company." And now, current affairs has just come back, and I'm just like, really like disappointed in it because it's like, I feel like I had latched onto it because it was the only like positive left media that wasn't like sad. <laughs> <laughs> in that when they were like oh we're, we're gonna talk about like leftism and then also culture they would actually talk about culture they wouldn't be like which i feel like is my problem with magazines like jacobin which would be like here's a film review and why it's socialism is good i'm like that's not the point of this you yeah, stop no, no. jacobin on culture is just fucking miserable it's kind Go of like on. it's kind of like cringy whereas like oh, yeah Current Affairs would just publish an artic- like a long article about like sword fights and how they used to be used to resolve legal conflicts. I'd be like, this is a good article. Or mm. like the why bees are so are socialist enterprise. I'm like, great. That's <laughs> see, that's fun. That's not like uh and you should think this. It's more like, did you know yeah. bees do this? I'm like, I did not know that. That's interesting. But also There's like, like an esoteric whimsy, I guess. Yes. That, that was yeah. Yes, exactly. Which I I felt was uh was was is lacking from other things. I think once you taint that, that's a lot easier to taint than someone's like angry political screeds. 
So there, there's, I think that's kind of been, in, that's an interesting one because I feel like that's what's uh, uh, the kind of like left-wing Chapo-inspired podcasts have been able to do mm. is because because they become somewhat a bit more character-driven. You can introduce your like weird obsessions. Like we, uh, it won't come out until New Year's, but we recorded an episode where I tried to introduce uh, a couple of people to crunk core a, a <laughs> yes. brief genre that existed in like the early 2000s uh, late, the, sorry the, the mid to late 2000s mm. i think most people are familiar with the music video for broken sides freaks um yeah that sounds familiar <laughs> yeah uh, me and our friend our friend group became obsessed with um millionaires and their song alcohol yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's but like i i made an argument that they actually prefigure a lot of like our modern culture uh um even though they got like kind of before it was a thing cancelled for mm-hmm. uh um misogyny using the n-word even though they were white and things like that um but that's, that's <laughs> the, the broader point i'm making is that Cornish Media allows me to do that because I am one of uh, four people on it. Mm. And Yulia and Nick and Rob can also bring in their like weird little things yeah. as well. Um, and uh, Current Affairs, I think, was capable of doing that from having the like, what, like 12? Like yeah, a staff it, of yeah. 12? It like, a, it like a staff and then also just like the, you know, editorial board people were like, a lot of them were quite like, fun and and chill and they all kind of i feel i feel like there was a there was like a intern they felt like there was like a positive internal vibe where no one was mm. like in charge or invested in it in a way that was like negative effective people would just be like they'd have petty arguments but it would be like silly petty arguments or being like yeah. nathan why don't you want to be an anarchist and he'd be like oh i don't want to <laughs> you're, you're not the boss and i'd be like you, you know that wasn't it didn't uh it, it, it had a sense of fun about it and they would often complain about that because they were like people accuse of, us of not being serious whereas you know we're tr- trying to introduce yeah. that you don't have to be serious all the time because nobody actually wants to do that except for the few people that run uh like socialist worker parties around, around the place yeah i mean that's that's kind of the the opposite thing that with jacobin in particular is that like Jacobin really runs on an army of freelance writers. Yeah. Um, and that's also where I think a lot of the best stuff from Jacobin comes from. It's it's kind of like a lot of the times if I'm paying enough attention, Jacobin is a vehicle for me to discover decent writers elsewhere. Um, yeah, absolutely. That aren't on their permanent payroll. Um yeah. Similarly, uh, New Left Review's sidecar is very good if people aren't, if they want something to read. Although, I don't think this would solve your problem. No, uh, this, yeah, this is the thing. It doesn't solve my specific problem, which I feel is very yeah. important. <laughs> um, the, well, yeah, like, it, it's... Uh, I don't know, like, it, it's one of those things where that is a very niche t- taste kind of thing. And also something i okay so one of the things i did uh, since we last spoke very mm. recently is i i wrote an article for the first time Ooh. and it's been it's been published and stuff which is Ooh. fun where is it published uh, uh left i wrote an article i originally they edited it to another um they edited it to the title will elizabeth ii be the last 
uh, Last Monarch of the UK. Oh, yeah. Uh, I believe is the title. Uh, I, I called it Weekend at Lizzie's. Nice. <laughs> Originally, and I was like, yeah, this reference is too... Yeah. This reference is possibly too esoteric and uh, conspiratorial. <laughs> it's, the, well, the it's, it's, it's very conspiratorial. But you know what? Some conspiracies are true. And that's what like, you just need to keep selling yourself. My argument, I guess my argument on that when people asked me about it was like, if she's not dead, this is what her death will look like. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, but I, I, I did write that and I, I think my takeaway is it's actually very difficult to be because when they when they gave me the thing, it was like, oh, make it funny because you're, you know, you're a podcaster and a stand-up comedian. I'm yeah. like, it's very hard to make the, the written word funny. <laughs> Yeah, and I think this was, like, largely a takeaway for, like, the person I, like, the thing I was most annoyed about the Kurt Affairs thing was that, like, um, was, um, Light of Gold, who was, like, the, the paid managing editor, mm. who was, who effectively, like, effectively, my understanding of it from most of the other people he talked out about it were, like, they were, like, Lighter does all the, like, all the editing work. She edits everyone's, she edits everything, basically, to a certain, yeah. to a certain extent. Nathan is, like, the editor, but his stuff is like needs serious passes and i felt like any of any times i read articles by her specifically i was like this is like genuinely interesting and also funny and it was the kind of stuff that was kind of like it's a little bit political but this isn't like a political article and it was Mm. like it's really nice that this 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 kind of person who would probably struggle to have this kind of outlook at any actual publication that has has her on like a proper salary and she's just like a salaried employee that works for this company that treats everyone relatively well. And then to turn around yeah. and be like, oh, and you're fired. And you're like, but from my perspective, that was like the entire success of the thing <laughs> was was like the perspective you you people were coming to me together with it. And then to turn around and be like, no, the, you, you've misunderstood the, the whole concept. I'm like, oh man, this is like the only, <laughs> only like, it would be like if, so like Seriously Wrong Podcast is a podcast we both enjoy. This is very funny. They're yeah. very chill people. If like, so that's Sean and Aaron. If Aaron turned around and was like, so actually, I I conceive that I do all the work and I've cut Sean out, and then it proceeded to like n- all the jokes just went away, and you were just like, what? <laughs> What's the point? What's the point of this? And he's just like, no, yeah. you you all misunderstood over the years. It was my voice that was important. And you're like, man, you're a fucking prick. <laughs> yeah. There's, I guess the, the, the whole thing resulted in revelations of Nathan J. Robinson's character, um, which is somewhat interesting. I think I was, I was what you would call a very, uh, uh, um, late stage Nathan defender Mm. (laughs) and I've heard people like Jay Flores has basically made the same sentiment before as well, which is like, look, I'm not going to make fun of his hats and the way he dresses, but now that he's done this, I am. (laughs) Um, Where there's, he had some, he had some things before that I think, I I don't know. how, How do I put it? It's like, I'm not one of those people who don't think that, like, rich people or the kids of rich people or cops or whatever can not, like, are just inherently not capable of being, like, 
Marxists, leftists, whatever. Um, mm. I'm not one of those people. I know people who do think that. Um, however, when it does turn out that there is a limit to their politics, it's not surprising. And that is kind of the impression you get from Nathan J. Robinson, especially at this juncture. Um, yeah. Unless I, I'm misunderstanding things because like, yeah, no, the I, other yeah, stuff I agree. To... I agree with you. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think, pre- I think previously a lot of the stuff, cause it would <laughs> often things, things would come out busy. Like some would be taken, taken like semi out of context from either an article or a podcast or something. And they were like, well, mm-hmm. if you read the whole thing or if you listen to the whole thing, this was like him having like a perfectly reasonable disagreement with someone. And at the end of it, most of the people are like in the conversation or like whatever it was came down kind of like towards the middle, but like away from Nathan's position. Nathan was like, I, I appreciate that I might be wrong about this. Whereas this situation was basically like applying that logic of like, oh, we can't all like, if it, <laughs> It's really annoying when people will take the tact of like this is effectively the um, Glenn Greenwald approach of things to be like <laughs> no actually the problem is that we just can't disagree anymore and I'm not saying this to cause arguments however I'm definitely right and you you can go to hell and I'll kill you <laughs> you're like what <laughs> that escalated very suddenly there I don't understand well, I thought we were having a perfectly scholarly disagreement and uh-huh. most of those other things where like so for instance the whole like um, I remember there was a brief thing of Oh, Nathan J. Robinson says you shouldn't read Marx, which was quite funny. Yes. And that was an out of context thing where he was like, I think the utility of reading Marx might be overstated and then proceeded to phrase it badly. And people were like, Nathan, do you mean this? And he was like, yeah, no, that's what I actually mean. I'm just trying to be provocative. You're like, aha, I see you've admitted that. He's like, yeah, that's, that's fine. But that was him like shooting shit with his buddies. But then it, this seems to be an instance where they were like, maybe we should have this ownership structure of the business. And he's like, maybe we shouldn't. You're all fired. And you're like, no, you see what you've done is you've, you've taken the tact that we have, we have the like scholar, quote unquote scholarly arguments. And then yeah. you've proceeded to like transition into like a heated gamer moment where you're like, fuck you. You're out. Cut out of my life. And then five minutes later being like, oh, actually, no, I, I didn't mean that. And like, you'd be, you've done it. This, mm. the, the problem is you, you, you've, done, you've done the thing. You can say that you you don't think workers' collectives are a bad idea, but you've 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 you accidentally tried to st- you accidentally quote unquote tried to stop one. So I, it's it yeah. seems like you don't like them on principle. So hard to tell what your actual thoughts are. But this is your method of dealing with people, which is not actually cohesive too. And this might be why they wanted to have a different ownership structure <laughs> because. Yeah, I mean, oh god, there's there's like so much to so much to unpack there. So like the Marx one was very interesting because that was the one that like so basically before this happened, there were three criticisms of Nathan J. Robinson that circulated on left Twitter. One which, was hats. Yeah, one was hats. Two was ha- his accent. Yeah, uh, which I was like, I just completely disregarded because I'm just like, yeah. But people... also, he was constantly interviewing who had his accent, and I was just like, I think there's just weird New England educated people who have this weird voice that I don't understand. I think the way he explained it, if I remember correctly, is that his mom is English, and that he just kind of ended up with a hodgepodge from having like an American dad and an England English mom. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Which, yeah. Which, which is fair enough. But I often, often he would talk to other, other, uh, usually New England Americans who have a weird weird like sure hard like i'm assuming waspy accent that is very localized to somewhere 
Yeah, yeah, like oh, absolutely. Like I'm not a huge person of just like I don't know. I I I don't really like criticizing people for the way they speak. I think it's that uh, yeah, it 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 crosses over too heavily with my number one pet peeve, which is the faux intellectualism of like being a grammar Nazi. Um, yeah, yeah fair, uh, fair enough. Yeah, literally does mean that now. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> That's how language works. <laughs> um, the so like I always dismiss those ones, and then the one that was somewhat sympathetic was that episode he did of the um, the Room One Hundred One episode where he talked about Marx. Yeah, uh, because he does get some fundamental things very wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. namely the. Um, which I remember people not pushing back on this one because it's a very common misconception, but the whole like dictatorship of the proletariat mm. uh, and understanding that concept um, and not really recognizing. Yeah, my recollection of that is that basically most of the people different and. Oh, sorry. I think you cut out, so I, I talked over you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was just saying that like uh, dictatorship kind of meant something different in those times and what mm. like the mid 1800s when that was written. And similarly, like, dictatorship of the proletariat sounds a lot better when you understand Marx's framing of society as actually being a dictatorship of the bourgeoisie. bourgeoisie. Yeah. Um, because it sounds bad when you pitch it against the idea that we live in the free democratic society, uh, which Marx rejects. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like... Um, and I guess that, like... I'm kind of willing to forgive people when I realize when I feel like their intentions are good because I've heard like very, I've heard people I consider comrades to say just absolutely stupid things as mm. well. Like Pe- I've heard yeah, people say silly things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and there's like some systemic problems. Like there's sections of like the left that will I think be a bit too defensive of China. There are sections of the left that will paint. Um, that will kind of paint all other sections of the left as being like pro-liberal interventionists and stuff like that. As like, oh, if you don't defend China, then you must be like, you must want to invade China or want war with China. Like, no, I don't think. <laughs> um, uh, um, wait, wait, are we, we, we're not doing that. <laughs> um, so yeah, like there's, there's kind of like bullshit things and stuff like that. That's also kind of inherent to just like particular tendencies or how like certain people come to these politics. There's like little baggage things left over and you can forgive them when you think their overall intentions are good. But like he was very much presented with an actual crossroads hmm. um, to do something good and didn't yeah. do it. And yeah. That's a, that's a problem. And that kind of reframes those past things as like, I know a little bit of like intellectual hack because like I, I like I've heard people dismiss Marx or like make the argument he kind of made of like the utility of Marx or the utility of understanding Marx is not as great as some people claim it is. I've heard people make that argument who actually have a very very good understanding of Marx. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but that wasn't the, that's like yeah the argument he was yeah. making was I haven't read it and I don't think I need to for the following reasons, which is which were like very very loose. Yeah, which gets very similar to that whole, like, that's, like, one step removed from the whole, like, Zizek versus Jordan B. Peterson debate, where, like, Jordan B. Peterson is, like, looking up the Communist Manifesto as he's, like, arguing a yeah, document yeah, that's, yeah. like, 20 pages long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I think you'd, you'd leave through before the, 
for the three. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I think it yeah, it's just it's it's just very disappointing because it was very much like a it, it very much felt a a case of um oh this is like the not this is like the ma- magazine like magazine in the in the exceptional sense of like non like non weekly <laughs> kind of like mm. essay based media that I would like to consume where I'm like it's not super timely necessarily. It's like nice to, I don't really have time to read like proper theory between even even though I might like to, but it's nice to hear people talking about it. Um, yeah. in at all in like a non uh non hyper hyper serious way and being like, here's how it relates to like real things. And then mm. to kind of do an example of that, which was Oh, and this is the thing. It's 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 very similar because there's so like one of the one of the people on the on the editorial board, not not one of the employees that got screwed over. Um, whose name I'm forgetting. I think it was Nick Slater. Might be some. Might be mm. one of the other ones. Anyway, who I think grew like grew up in some sort of like commune, or his parents had like a like a kind of anarchist leanings, and therefore mm. his like his politics are, were very he would often they would often have these kind of arguments and he would kind of just very yeah. ca- casually present it like oh but Nathan why do you need any 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 hierarchy and then to have him like you know, turn around and kind of do, do the exact thing be like this is unfortunately like a very good example of why you need to slow down and like consider things you know it, mm. more great great more greatly than kind of just making making rash decisions because you end up doing stuff where you're like oh in retrospect this is a this is a bad look not necessarily just because it uh potentially screwed over my company but also like seems to have screwed over some of his like some of his actual friends and like kind of not ruined their lives per se but like you know dramatically influenced the way they relate to um the econ- the economy <laughs> Because I mean, yeah, but like uh, I don't know. I, I I remember hearing from I think Lila Gold was a good example of someone I you know I was listening to after all this stuff happened. Um, mm. There was someone else uh, forgotten. She has like an Irish last name. Um, oh, Ashley and something. Um, Ashling, yeah. Sorry, she has a she has an Irish first name. Um, and they they were very interesting to listen to because I, I think one of the things they said was actually like. Uh, while this sucks, mm. the kind of like journalism writing industry is also a great deal worse yeah. than this outside of yeah, yeah. current yeah. affairs. And they've been kind of effectively thrown to the wolves now in this sense. Um, yeah, it, it's yeah. a it's a sucky situation. Um, that was the other thing about it, because like as we were talking about Jacobin and Jacobin existing largely based on like an army of freelancers who are willing to work yeah. for what my understand basically I, I forget what jacobin's rate is but my understanding was current affairs rate was about double what jacobin pays yeah and to be yeah, fair yeah. current affairs is like all long form that was kind of the, the idea of it but it's still like a lot more money than you would get and if you were and they were paying their they were paying their full-time staff which was growing a perfectly like what sounded like a fair negotiated amount of money that they could yeah i i honestly think like i feel like there's a very like hack and trite argument to be made about uh they always always came up about um rage against the machine being Mm. signed with a major label yeah um and that was something that i was just like no that's that's stupid there was that was literally especially in the 90s the only way you were ever going to get this music out there yeah and like label also doesn't have especially when you're an on on 
an alternative label mm. it doesn't have a super huge amount of control over you because they don't want to because they, that's not how they're going to make their money no, um, no they'd, have, the they'd have spend money to keep an eye on you <laughs> yeah exactly like, uh, the, the, it's, but it's also not the same as like there's definitely like a very controlling mm. label yeah. but uh, uh, like management and stuff like that like Britney Spears example like that kind of like very yeah, stadium I, yeah. pop industry absolutely is 100% like that but like Rage Against the Machine wasn't no. and they were able to say a lot of shit <laughs> and I think that's like it's very like stupid I'm just being like a contrarian guy at a party to kind of like bring up that argument but I think this is probably the more interesting version of what that argument is trying to get at mm. which is like how do you do this stuff in like these cruel economic situations because yeah you can kind of look at like how Jackman pays people and how they kind of operate. Um, and then you can then look at like a lot of other journalism industries. You can look at how much money Jackman is making versus those. And you can also chalk it up to the success. It is genuinely like a difficult position. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of the, like one of the most interesting, like from that perspective, Kurt first thing ever was, it was Nathan interviewing your man, What's his name from Jacobin, the main oh. guy? Um, I don't find any of his writing good. <laughs> him personally, I've liked one. Yeah. Or two, yeah, I like one or two things, but it's not. Yeah, not not. I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I, I've not read his book or anything. The um, no, I haven't read his books. No, no, but I, I, I've no desire to. Based on <laughs> the but like them talking about basically like how do you run this as a going concern, and effectively they yeah. they, they they kind of just agreed like we've taken very different tacks of how to do it, and there is no correct way to do it. It's actually very difficult to keep this going. And I think like current affairs, like launched originally by like a Kickstarter. And it's kind of like a, there's a lot of luck involved for that to have worked out. And if it didn't work out to the degree it did, you wouldn't have enough, you wouldn't have had enough money to get going for long enough to make it, make it a going concern. Mm. And like, there's not necessarily a way to make Jacobin make enough money to pay people a lot more money or what they what they would actually deserve to be paid um, for the work they're doing. And there's not like a lot of alternatives beyond that. It's why like um, the like couple of left-wing people who still write for like The Guardian, I would never be like, but you write for The Guardian. They publish all this awful stuff a lot of the time. Like, well, I'm not, I have, I have no better, better yeah. job suggestion for you that would even close to like no. close to equal your salary or that you could possibly subsist on not even just like with your lifestyle it's just like anyone can subsist on so it's like most of the people who write for jacobin don't do it full time so it's not this is this is the thing there's not a lot of good alternatives that's true no. for a lot of industry but, but i think it's especially notable for like left wing uh left wing media i think it's why i was like annoyed by the virgil texas thing it was just like oh cool like you guys managed to start like what well, seems to be quite like a serious, but with like a little bit of fun, but relatively serious, dealing with like interesting issues, like podcast vehicle that's making a lot of money. Great, and the way you were able to do that was because you had two people who have name recognition, and then one of them immediately, like almost almost immediately, it turned out may have been involved in some, uh, if true, very very bad um, sexual harassment stuff, and yeah. they've elected just not to talk about it. And you're like, well, that's. Similar to the current affairs thing, this has really like tarnished my ability to enjoy this with a 
I'd hold you my nose because it is just yeah. like, but you did all that stuff and you've, well, in the case in the case of bad faith, they just not talk. They just they've elected never to talk about it. Seemingly, is what they've done. The bad faith thing is wild. Yeah, um, like his picture is still on their artwork yeah. and stuff. Like, yeah, but it's um, but it's but it's effectively a vehicle for Bianca Gray to interview like often interesting like black academics talking about black culture. I'm like, this is like, yeah. like this is like quite a quite a you know, reasonable thing that should exist. But it does have Virgil Texas's face on it. It's gonna. Yeah, it's, I I feel like at that point I I just I would rebrand. I yeah, know. but I, um, this is the thing. I don't know why they haven't done that. It's very odd. But in the yeah. same way that, like, if I were the current affairs editorial board, I'd be like, Nathan, you're fired. Get out. <laughs> we're going to refresh this like with everyone else, or you can stay on as a like a editor, like a. a what do they call it? Editor on at large or whatever, where you just write and you've no or basically that's the problem people have with this, and that's the problem the employees have with it. It's it's the way that you've done done this thing. So like, if Virgil's gonna piece out of this, so just say it, just be upfront and say it. Don't like, there's so little good left media. Why are you why are you crushing crushing what's there? Yeah, with your tiny uh, (laughs) bad workplace. Uh, vibes hands yeah so like the thing with like virtual texas was a a very strange um my understanding is that uh the the leaving or my the the rumors Mm. is that the leaving of both chapo and um bad faith was actually down to a drug abuse problem oh right okay wow um yeah that's the rumors, anyway, and that the uh, we talked about the last episode. I'm pretty sure the the, the sexual assault thing was um, yes, um, coming out. That was incidental. Okay, um, well, yeah, okay. yeah, and possibly or the person possibly taking advantage of the fact that everyone's talking about the fact like where is Virgil Texas uh, to like get attention for that like. Not like in a, 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 a the story is not true kind of way, but that it was an opportune moment to talk. Yeah, an opportune moment. Uh, yeah, as opposed to when he's at the height of his popularity and will have lots of yeah. <laughs> lots of defenders. I under- yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah, that's um, yeah potentially. Ooh, well. But, this but is you a, see, that's sad. What I've been doing, mm. uh, uh, Hugh, is I've been. I, I've I've come to the terms that I don't think I, I I've come to terms with the idea that I'm not going to get this uh, um those kind of like fun esoteric conversations from the same place i can also get my serious analysis of the world um because because it's it's not gonna happen uh um i'm outraged by this concept i know right um although i i still strongly recommend sidecar from new left review uh as being making very good articles um with zero fun <laughs> that was the. It's basically. It's, it's very hard for me to like when you when you so you recommended this to me off mic in the real world. Yeah, that's true. And I was yeah. like, that's like this is potentially really good. However, I am in like the terrible mind space for reading anything serious, so yeah. I cannot engage with this. Maybe I'll be better now. I don't know. 
Yeah, so then you balance that with the diet of absolutely insane shit, mm. um, which is why I, I feel like I can't actually engage with any um, self-serious like movie or TV show, uh, like while I can only watch things like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, yeah, that's what we watched on when I went to the Game Jam. I was introduced to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's so it's so fucking good. It just gets more insane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I liked how the intro to the first series explains the series that you haven't seen yet. (laughs) As in, the entire plot is in the opening, opening sequence. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's an anime mainstay though. They usually do it through visuals in the opening credits. They'll always be like, yeah. Yeah, Um, that's, that's, like, that's fine, but they just have, like, they've, they have a completely, like, completely differently animated version of the plot. Yeah. Anyway, it's not important. But like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure can come out with like some of the best manga panels in the world of just like yeah. uh, uh, um, a woman riding a dinosaur being like, do you know why the dinosaurs went extinct? Is because they lacked respect. <laughs> You're just like, I'm sure. So true. Um, but, 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 but. So the things that I have gotten like weirdly into uh-huh. is. Um, I think I think I'll do this first one. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. So, I discovered I, I recommended to you uh, off chat, but I, I think we can talk about it again. Is I did discover Quentin Reviews, which is an incredibly <laughs> in-depth YouTube review channel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Mind-numbingly so, in-depth. Yeah, so, so you recommended this to me at the worst possible time because, uh, as I mentioned, I had I had too, I had too much work to do. Um, right. But the des- the desire to not do any of my work and instead watch three hours of iCarly analysis was very strong. You wish it was three hours. It's much longer. <laughs> oh, no, I mean per video. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, kind of. Uh... <laughs> what do you mean kind of? No, one of them is three hours long. <laughs> yeah, that's true. One of them is three hours. You're, you one, are right. And one of them is four hours. Because, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, he was like, I'm going to watch all of iCarly. But then to do that... I need to watch every episode of Fred, mm. uh, the 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 very early YouTube sensation of a guy with a high pitched voice, um, and then and then it was like cool. Then I get to watch all of iCarly, and that's two parts because I had a lot to say about it. And I play every iCarly video game, and I I get every iCarly merch I can get. I get every iCarly Happy Meals toy I can get. <laughs> I. I film a part of my video with iCardi merch designed for you to start your own web series. Yeah, that was good. Uh, then to keep to keep true to this, because there was an iCardi spin-off after the fact, um, where one of the characters from iCardi got together with one of the characters from Victorious. That means I now have to watch every episode of Victorious. <laughs> That's where I fell off, because I was like, no, I actually need to stop start working again. <laughs> So I immediately told YouTube not to recommend that channel to me anymore after I was like six hours deep. <laughs> so I mean, um, who was the real winner? I think it was. I think it was Quinton. Yeah, but then he does actually also have some other good videos that are just like kind of cataloging the history of the internet to a certain extent. Yeah, um, where he talks about like various channels, things I did not know about, um, like Tobuscus. And I think he has a very good... He also had a very good video about... um, Oh, fucking hell. I can't remember the name of that meme. But he was a a YouTube channel that was also a meme. 
um, Filthy Frank. That was it. Filthy Frank. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he had a very good like. I never got into Filthy Frank, but he has a very good and fairly sympathetic video towards Filthy Frank of just like this was a guy taking the piss of like right wing influencers, particularly Ben Shapiro, mm. that like no one got. <laughs> 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 and the fact that he's managed to like spin that off into like a successful music career is amazing. <laughs> Can't but respect that. Yeah, so that's the kind of wild shit I uh, engage in yeah, uh, when I'm not. That's good. I just, um, I'm just going to continue striving for looking for some sort of combination of the two because, as you described, like mm. woman, woman riding a dinosaur, being like the dinosaurs lacked respect. Why can't that be the art for an article about how, like an extinction event or something? <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, that sounds like a pitch that you're, you're like, if you want to get into writing, Hugh, that seems like a good pitch. <laughs> like, just, just take the image of that panel and be like, how does this explain, does this explain uh, yeah. the PT extinction event? Yeah, so I, if I, um, I feel like having written my thesis, I think I can't write for a while because yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I'm mentally very burnt out on it. That being said, my thesis isn't that long. <laughs> <laughs> Although I had to write an article recently, and then I was like, just as the, as I was doing it, I was reminding myself of like I specifically chose to do graphic design in college because I would never have to write again. Have to write, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now look now look at you. You're like pitching articles, Ugh. and you're like, what have I done? Oh no, yeah. I this is the thing. I had I had like a I had like an outline for something I was gonna write for um and pitch it to various left wing magazines, and then. I didn't get when I was gonna. I was in the middle of doing research for it. Then Nathan fired all of his staff. I was like, "Well, fuck this, delete." <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> delete. I'm not 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 that I have any expectation of getting anything published in here. It's just like, oh. So oh, the, the people, other thing the people I, I respected in this industry are just awful, awful. People. No, no, terrible people. Um, the other thing I've been engaging with to kind of just get back into making comics is mm. I decided to. Uh, read modern X-Men for the first time since I think I last read it like 2009 <laughs> right. what's changed have they given him a more modern name like uh, uh, Zach X-Men so or... they have their own nation now oh yeah okay right they've made they've made mutant Israel nice. uh, is how I would put it uh, okay sure yeah um how's that going it's going well it's very interesting the the conceit of the conceit of them nation building does mm. mean there's actually enough jobs for all the millions of characters they've invented to do <laughs> that's a good uh, point actually because that that school was getting <laughs> oh yeah it was getting, getting so a bit busy in there uh like beast is the head of like the basically the mutant CIA and he's like getting very low key evil and it's very interesting. Just like Kelsey Grammer. Hmm. But also yeah, actually yes actually. Yeah, but also, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> um also they have uh conquered death. Uh <laughs> because they have like enough of a daisy chain of different mutants mm. uh working together they can just like if you die, uh, so basically Cerebro is scanning your conscious, like it's just like doing regular saves 
mm-hmm. of your conscious every so often. Uh-huh. And then if you die, you just come out of a big gooey egg and then they psychically put that into your brain. And you're like, hey, you're back. <laughs> you may have lost like a couple of hours between like the last save or whatever. But, uh-huh. uh, which has resulted in the fact that uh, two things about Charles, Professor X, uh, uh-huh. uh, Charles Xavier, yeah. is that uh, because he has died and been reborn via this process, he has the use of his legs again. Hey, right. Well, that kind of ruins his character. <laughs> A little bit. But also, he wears Cerebro full-time now. Oh, right. And... And there was recently a big giant, like, diplomatic event mm. uh, called the Hellfire Gala, where he was there. Mm. And I'm going to send you a link now. Um, okay. Where he was dressed up for it. And we get, we get, we get swag, Xavier. <laughs> that's what he looks like now. <laughs> that's, um, that's a look. That's a look and a half. So not only is he just like wearing Cerebro all the time, but he's constantly in just like a bodysuit, <laughs> a playsuit. So wait, Cerebro is the helmet, right? Yeah. Okay. I um just... yeah I the um I just I want them to make this film where but make Patrick Stewart do it. Yeah. No. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Like this is the thing. Um. As insane as the Marvel movie franchise gets, uh, you go back into the source material there and like, actually, no, <laughs> there's like, yeah. you could not get away with this little film. No, and they all keep trying and proceed to not get away with it. But yeah, it'll still make money because it's all it's all that's in the cinemas now. So I mean, it's, it's, I really it's like finding out. Uh, oh yeah, no, it's terrible. I I, I I hate the monopoly Disney has on all of culture. Um, but I do find it very funny, not funny, but like weirdly tragic that all of Kumail's principles have just been broken by this one film. What do you mean? Like, um. You you were a big listener of Harmontown. You yeah. remember his uh, very large speech and thing that he'd said in several interviews before that he would never play an Indian person because he's not Indian. He's Pakistani. He's not Indian. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, when the when the money's right. Yeah. Apparently. Um, the um, I briefly they also to... made him dance in that yeah. film. <laughs> I briefly listened to for a little while um, the Star Trek podcast that Alice Wetterland and one of her friends, whose name I've forgotten, but is also an actress, made. I forget what it's called, so this is not a good plug for this podcast. I did no. stop listening to it because while I they are very funny, I it wasn't like funny. It wasn't funny, and there was like I didn't enjoy their take on Star Trek enough to continue listening mm-hmm. to an entire podcast. Maybe I'll go back to it at some point. Anyway, it was it sure. was it was pretty good. I just wasn't in the right mood for it. I guess most of the time there was there's a lot of Star Trek. So that time. <laughs> um, I think they might have started with the original season, like the original series. I don't remember. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. the um, uh, so she was. Do you know who Alice Wetland is? A familiar name. I also think I know. I forgot the name, but I think I also know the podcast you're referring to. Yeah. So she was. So she was. They. Midway through the first season of Silicon Valley, the the TV series that made Kumail famous, yeah, yeah, um, she was introduced as like basically they hired in her 
as like the expert coder who's going to fix all their stuff and she's establishing much better than everyone else and that's kind of the thing people were like oh this is like it's both quite funny and she's she's a good actress and like it's a positive character because no one's like oh you're a, you're a woman coder she's just like no i'm not s- s- shut up <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, yeah um and uh her character like just kind of stopped being in the show and there wasn't really mm. good at some point someone was just like oh we can't afford to pay her anymore like the, her character anymore um and from, from listening to her a lot it seems to be like tj miller didn't like her or she accused tj miller of har- harassing her or something mm. um but she like would specify specifically but she's very, she was very clear to be like nobody on that cast defended anybody at any time after, like in the la- they did the last season show without tj miller because yeah too many people were like tj miller harasses people and she was very yeah. clear to be like nobody i mean nobody and someone was like kumail and she was like i mean nobody defended anybody on the cast and laughed along with tj and thought he was very funny when he sexually harassed mm. people and she was basically just like nope not i'm not a defender of any of these people none of them <laughs> uh and i mean thomas middleditch turned out to be a creep so <laughs> yeah thomas yeah yeah that was one of the uh very quiet yeah uh cancellations that yeah, I think um, I, I think won't stick. <laughs> it, no, it definitely hasn't. Like it's already come yeah. and gone. And, and this, yeah. and this, I, that was very much her position. Was just like, listen, like I'm, I'm sure he's nice to his the people he likes, but he, it's not like he was like a great defender of women. He was like, you know, not help, not helpful in the situation. And that that was in the situation where like Camille didn't have like a lot else going. He wasn't like a big name. He needed that show, and yeah. If TJ Miller could get you kicked off the show, which it seems like he might have been able to do, there was no no argument with that. And I'm pretty sure TJ Miller was the biggest name. I think so when it launched, yeah. Which is yeah. weird because like I was I was one of those things where you saw him on a poster and he's like, I kinda recognize that guy a bit. You're like the- He was he was making it was like a comedy nerd. Yeah, fame comedy nerd kind like, of thing. Comedian's comedian who always turn out to be <laughs> creepy sexual harassment people. <laughs> it's a terrible industry. Um, like it was either him or the guy who played the I've forgotten I, the character and the actor's name, but the Satanist. Oh, he was Star. like a character. Sorry, Martin Starr is his name. Martin Starr, yeah. He's he's been in a lot of other things. He's kind of like renowned he's, as being like a yeah, good actor. Good he's the freaks, actor. freaks, freaks and geeks guy. Freaks and geeks. Um, he was also in a very very good. Like it's one of those like um, cancelled too soon kind of underrated classics. Um, I can't remember what it's called. It was about the uh, catering company. Oh yeah, uh, par- party on, party on. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a party on. Yeah, that was yeah. It was it, like I think yeah, you couldn't run a show off him though. I think you're right. T.J. Miller was like the main. No, he was, he was always just, a great secondary character, or whatever. Yeah, which is it was just kind of like oh that makes yeah makes makes a lot of sense. And similarly, like you know, yeah, like yeah, I, this is the thing. I'm I'm sure he'd be like apologetic in retrospect but it's kind of the thing of like not super surprising if you're like well if marvel offered you like infinite money would you be like no you might be like mm. yeah, i might have to i mean the thing that makes all films now <laughs> yeah exactly that's the thing yeah. that's 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 the problem you're like well maybe maybe he didn't like it it's probably like well it pays it'll pay for my next I mean, five i've heard <laughs> i've heard yeah i've heard recaps of the story and production and stuff, it seemed to have gone very weird mm. because it's like, um, there he has, he does a like a Bollywood dance scene 
that uh, apparently was like shot very last minute. Um, and there is also reports on set of him being like, I'm not doing that. Um, yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Um, because it's bad enough you've made me play an Indian character. Um, then he's also gone for a huge portion of the film as well. A really a weird, yeah, like basically the entire like climax, he's gone. Damn, well, you know what? It's a very between between film. between being in that um not defending Alice Wetterland apparently via the second 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 hand inspiration. Well no no it's primary inspiration, but yeah alluded yeah. to. And also stopping his X Files podcast, which I enjoyed. Uh he didn't finish watching the X Files. Yeah. You get too big for your X Files podcast, Camille? <laughs> Is that it? Uh he got he, I yeah, I think the, the I think in short the a lot of the stuff happened was he got too big for a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um yeah. But you know, I'm this is the thing. I'm sure he's a nice person. It's just like the spoilers things. Well, yeah, cool. it's it's yeah, it's the. I think the, the the broad the broad lesson of everything we've talked about is um, you're always nice to a certain like it, it's yeah you're always nice to your buddies on that yeah it, it's this it's this very tale as old as time like no one is ever cartoonishly evil which makes people difficult and interesting characters to watch or read about or yeah exactly except for nathan who fired all his friends goodbye yeah yeah fuck you (laughs) (laughs) actually no because we're we're putting him the same category as like tj miller who i would also tell the fuck off no no, categorically what tj miller is worse i'm gonna gonna, my hand up there (laughs) i'm uh i'm I'm uh I'm, I'm drawing some hierarchies and that's worse. <laughs> Dear Lord. Oh my god. Anyway, but um, yeah, you should, everyone should just go look at pictures of Swag Xavier. Um, Swag Xavier, everyone's favorite best friend. Yeah. Slash, Overlord? Question mark. Um. Yeah, it's it's a dictatorship. It's like a council that mm. runs the the country, and he's on it. Along with Magneto and others, but um, neat. It's not an elected position. No, well, I mean they're the ones that uh, it's difficult. It's, it's difficult to flatten the X Men universe hierarchy when you're like, no, some of the people can melt you, <laughs> and some of the people. Oh yeah, they like <laughs> run slightly faster. <laughs> the new the new arc that they're doing now is that like they the mutants terraformed mars in like a couple of hours and it's kind of setting up the new bad guy is going to be this like elon musk stand-in who was just about to launch uh, a rocket to mars and be the first man on mars (laughs) and they're just like well we terraformed mars and it's ours now fuck you (laughs) that's pretty funny i'm sure the uh I'm sure the Elon Musk nerds will not at, not at all be angry about that. <laughs> no, or, I mean, or not get it. They might not get it. I mean. They're not. They're, well, no, they're going to like it because they're also the the Elon Musk stand-in is also far more competent than the real Elon Musk. Like that's why he's going to be like a threatening villain, yeah. rather than you know a goof, <laughs> a fucking weird South African goof. Yeah, sad times. What we've been reduced to. Anyway, um, <laughs> we will do this again in 
less time than last time. <laughs> it's our biannual podcast. <laughs> it's the format nobody wants. <laughs> Not even I would listen to that. That sounds terrible. Yeah, right. It would just be constant recaps of like, what did we talk about last time? The fuck we... <laughs> oh god. The uh um yeah, not good. Not good no. at all. Bad times. Not gonna talk about politics. It's no. bad times. The cartoonist on Twitter I was thinking of is called Beanie Tuesday. Bean like black beans, kidney beans, beanie Tuesday. And keep on dreaming.